head <laughs> what you can't see out there as the music is playing bringing us into today's episode of looking through the glass onion is <laughs> jay's got like this christmas blanket <laughs> like <laughs> obi-wan kenobi robe <laughs> with santa it looks like soul cool santa claus <laughs> <laughs> He's got this grin. We're both in the in the spirit. The year is almost over. Yeah, this you're green. Our... I'm red. This is cool. I'm man. green. You're red. We're in the spirit, my friend. Before we even start, Jay, I'm sorry, but I, I think I think for this this episode we should refer to each other in the third person. Like Billy is really excited to be here. It's going to be very self-referential. Billy is so excited to be here for today's episode. <laughs> we'll be, of we'll this be meta. We'll be meta today. It'll be we'll great. We'll be very meta today. <laughs> this is for all the metas out there. I also want to start by saying, um, I, people are listening, Jay. It's weird because you know because I always mention, hey, find us on Twitter or whatever, and and people are finding us. It's kind of cool. This guy, this guy from Australia sent me this message and he was like, I don't want to be that guy. And he wasn't, it was very funny. He said, I don't think <laughs> in late fifties, early sixties, sixties, Liverpool, there was a guy named Larry. <laughs> and that just struck me as funny. Like, yeah, I guess in my American brain <laughs> just <laughs> figured there's probably some Liverpudlian named Larry Williams. His name was Alan Williams. That's very. He'd be much Lawrence, more. wouldn't he? He'd be Lawrence. He'd probably be Lawrence. Lawrence. He wouldn't be Larry. He wouldn't be, he wouldn't be busting that stuff down to. <laughs> Suddenly, I want to talk like JB Smooth because I just finished Curb. <laughs> Come on, Larry. It's ridiculous, Larry. You better slow down, Larry. I'm gonna tap that ass, Larry. You better slow down. <laughs> oh my. It'd be sounded. <laughs> Did you watch that one? The Bill Hader one? I have. Sorry, I'm it's getting... so good. Anyway. <laughs> so anyway, Billy really is excited about today's episode. So Jay, we're going to start talking today. I want to open with Paula's dead theory. I'm like, what oh, do you yeah. know? What do you know, like right off the top of your head about the Paula's dead thing? I mean, so, we'll, go, we'll yeah. probably go into it in the deep dive, but like off the top of your head without notes or anything, like what do you know about it? Uh, the first thing that comes to mind is the 28 if on, uh, on, you know, on Abbey road. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then, that's definitely uh, a big one. You know, I think I've mentioned it before. Oh, you know, like there's the turn me on dead man thing that was on backwards on revolution number nine. Right. Um, the song clues, right? There's a ton of those, like the cranberry sauce was misheard as I buried, yeah, Paul. I buried Paul. We have the like visual clues all over Sergeant Pepper. Uh, first of oh, all, that's right. It, 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 there's all that stuff. And then there's like magical mystery tour. There's a part where there's like a dark hand over Paul's head. You, you would hear this stuff as we were kids, especially in the eighties, right? Like it was rampant in the eighties. It, it seemed did. Like. It, yeah. It made this like sort of comeback, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And people, really people were convinced. And I, it's weird that people believe conspiracy theories like right out of the gate. Isn't that odd? <laughs> So I did some research. Did you know that it started in Des Moines, Iowa? The whole, oh my gosh, I, the did, whole I did not know yeah. this. 
uh, on November 9th, well, it started November 9th, 1966. Paul is, I think it's Liverpool, because I think when I went on my Liverpool tour, my God, Peter told me all about this bit. Uh, evidently, Paul was home for the holidays. He gets on a bike. He's like, you know, let's go biking. And in one of the stories I read, he's stoned, and it's a, that's the reason why he crashed. I'm guessing he crashed because he was on a bike, and he's Paul McCartney, and it was dark, and they were probably <laughs> drinking. So he splits his lip, like, wide open, and he actually, like chips his tooth and you can see it in the day tripper uh promo video they had to film it like the next day or a couple days later and paul's like you know some tooth you know and they're like yeah get in there trooper and he does but just look at him he's all messed up it's like okay well that proves it right there but evidently for these paul is dead people that's actually billy shears right like billy shears william shears had this he had a must so like as he you know, was getting his plastic surgery to look exactly like Paul McCartney. See, these are all the clues. It's so silly, right? And we would read it and get wrapped up in it. So anyway, this American American college student in, at Drake, he's the editor of the Drake newspaper at Drake University, publishes these theories about Paul is dead. And that's how this whole thing started. Really? That's it was insane. Dr- See, I read it was Michigan State. So how oh, interesting. It, what? I mean, the internet enough. is full of truths. We're going to call it. It's either it one. So Drake's this is way more fun. Drake makes it a little more close to home. It does, right? Yeah. So although that's a fine Michigan be- state green you have. Oh, thank say. you. That's very Michigan. I appreciate state. it. What, it's what, very what, sparty. Is that forest? Uh, it's a very, uh, I don't know what it is. I'm not a big green guy, but I just got it. We're going to call it Christmassy green. It Christmas also matches green. my coffee cup. Oh, look at the, you are coordinating. Here. <laughs> yeah, Billy is very coordinated today. So, in watching the Get Back documentary like four or five times now, <laughs> it's a lot of time in my life, but I've had some free time. One thing that you see is that the Beatles, like, there's a whole part in that documentary where it happens a couple of times. One is John is reading from a magazine, a newspaper. He's like singing lyrics, like right in front of him, just like making headlines up. And then there's a whole nother section where Paul is like, just playing his bass, like reading the news. And in today's news, they are so self-aware of what is going on around them. You have to remember that people have to remember that. And the other thing that I'm becoming well aware of as we get older, Jay, and we're seeing the Beatles, can generate so much action. People have made careers off of making shit up about them. Especially like when, like, let it be. Like, they've convinced the Beatles it was the worst time they'd ever had. And Peter Jackson had to say, oh, actually, you were having the time of your life. Yeah, was it uncomfortable a couple of times? Yeah, but ultimately they were like enjoying being around each other. And I think that's what we find in this song, that it's not this whole mist, mystique of the White Album was the worst time the Beatles ever had. I think they were like exploring who they would become and supporting each other in that because this song is so cool, man, when you dig into it. Yeah. The one that we're talking about today, Glass Onion. It's so self-referential. It's so groovy. It rocks really hard. It rocks way harder than I thought. And I don't know why I always thought of it like as kind of an acoustic song. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I'm, I'm so wrong. That little, oh, yeah. Just talk to me. Talk to me about Glass Onion through, through your eyes, my friends. 
Dude, this is one. So, so the White Album was the second Beatle album I ever bought behind behind Rubber Soul. So, you know, I was certainly aware of them because I had older brothers and sisters who loved the Beatles. You know, um, but this was a song that for me, like I remember as an eighth grader, thinking, I want. Like, what is going on with those strings? That is, like, one of the coolest sounds I've ever heard. And this is probably before I've really paid attention to Walrus because I right. didn't have a Magical Mystery Tour yet. That was given right. to me very <laughs> shortly after by my eighth-grade girlfriend. Mm. Yeah, I was thinking about that's, that yesterday. I love that memory. Uh, so anyway. <laughs> Billy so. loves that memory as Billy's smile gets bigger <laughs> as Jay tells the story. I love it. The, so the other thing was Paul's bass. Like, it sounded so badass on that song. And I remember, like, with my little PVT-40 bass that was my first bass, really my first instrument, I would stuff, I would stuff like, T-shirts underneath the strings to get it dead and then just, like, pick the crap out of it to get that attack. Um, those are my really specific, weird very informative of who I've become memories of uh, <laughs> glass on you. <laughs> it's so cool, Jay, because like on this, like this time listening to it, like I was immediately struck about how, how much hard, much more of a hard rock song it was than I initially have always thought of it. And the strings, I'd never heard them that way as, as walrus, like yeah. that swoopy, and that's even the cooler self-referential part. He's they're self-referential. They're doing walrus on it, and it's so right. amazing. They're doing ELO way better than ELO on this song. <laughs> that's what like struck me on this. Yeah. But when you listen to those demos before the strings were added, there's some really cool like George exploring the the slide kind of for the first time. Can you bring that? Yeah. And it's really cool. Again, that's what he was doing on Strawberry Fields the first time they worked through it, as we talk about. Again, another, they're referencing themselves so brilliantly in the song. It just, like listening to it from our vantage point now, it, man, it's way better than I thought. Oh, I, it's yeah, way, yeah. way better than I thought. It's and it's only like cool two and a half minutes long. I know. With the strings. Yeah. With the strings the part. The string which, I don't always love, like, that's why I don't typically play this. We'll talk about it playing it live, but that's the kind of part that you go, mm. but man, when you listen to it, it's so great. Yeah. Yeah. So great. I was just blown away this time listening to it. It, man. That new mix uh, that came out a couple of years ago is, is amazing. Yeah. It really cleaned it up. And you were talking about Paul's bass, and I'm not sure if it's this th song that uh, Rick Rubin plays in the McCartney 321, but it's a, it might be Dear Prudence. It's definitely a White Album song, and you hear that, like, that bass sound that you're talking about, and it's all over this song. That, like, and you, it, Paul's like, yeah, I really like it trebly. You know, I like a good treble. It's so trebly. Man, it yeah. is like, whoa. Yeah. But I mean, boom, boom, if I could ever. It. That's that to me is the ultimate bass sound. Even 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 more so than like I mean his his iconic Hofner just you know bigger than a house bass. Yeah, I, this is like Chris Squires from Yes. This is like the bass. And I always thought it was a for years I thought it was a, his Rickenbacker, but it's a right. Fender jazz bass. It's a Fender, yeah, allegedly. Fender jazz. Which will yeah, and there's that's, some talk, we'll talk about, about that, but. 
Yeah, yeah. So it, yeah. I, I this is one of way cooler song. Yeah, way it's one cooler of my favorites song than I ever get. Yeah, it moved way up. So let's talk about the recording of of this song, uh, how it was brought in. I'm gonna see if I can. I'm gonna try to do a little trick here. I've got the Escher demo that also was with. Let's see if I can play it. So that's how that song was brought in. That's they went to uh, George's house and recorded a bunch of demos, and they're all in, a bunch of those are in that 2018 mix. And if you're a fan of the White Album, you you kind of hear the birth of all these songs. And I dig the way he brought that in, and it's very reminiscent of Strawberry Fields the way he brought that in. And that's kind of what I think shocked me a little bit about it when I heard. It. I was like, oh, you hear exactly what he's doing, and I yeah. dug it so huge. Um, and you know the Beatles had to dig this too because there's some, some playful things that end up happening that just make this song groovy. They go in on the uh, the September 11th, 1968, uh, do 34 takes to get the rhythm track. Uh, they do take 33, which you can also hear on the anthology. And it's cool, man. That that is a really great. It's well, it's it's what's happening underneath the song. The strings end up covering up a lot of what George is doing, but it is cool. Uh, yeah. So talk to me about that. So the White Album, their recording setup is different from other times we've talked about. I think this is maybe one of the first full band ones we talk about. What's the setup in the room at Abbey Road to for for this song? For example, so. So they're they're recording on eight track now, which is uh, they kind of you know Abbey Road was sort of Abbey Road had the studio had an eight track machine for a while, but they had to do their thing where they go through it and make it theirs because they customized everything. So they were hiding it from the Beatles, but the Beatles, of course, found out that it was there and like made them, you know, move it into the studio so they could use it. So this is an eight track recording, which is a lot of the White Album is on eight track, but it's it's really the first album that they did on eight track at at Abbey Road. So that means like, you know, the bass is on one track, the drums are on a track, John's acoustic guitar is on a track, George's electric guitar is on a track lead vocal he doubles the lead vocal on a on a second track um and so uh jeff emmerich who'd been with them since the beginning of revolver has sort of gotten a little tired of he claims you know he's still in the camp that the white album was not a happy time even though we're seeing right. some visual evidence that to the contrary of that right. so so ken scott steps in as their as their engineer and He's he's in the Peter Jackson camp. He has always claimed that the White Album was was a very collaborative time, and they were getting you know. I mean, they're a band. I mean, Paul walked out on Paul didn't record on "She Said She Said" because he was pissed two years ago. I mean, right. it happens. That's what you know? they, it happens. It's yeah. they're a family, and if you live in a family where you don't quarrel every now and then. That's just because you don't talk to each other. <laughs> right. But when you're totally. in a band, not only do you have to talk to each other, but you have to do some intimate things. Like you see it and get back. Like they have to like look into each other's eyes and go, okay, let's write this song or let's explore how they are doing it or they couldn't have made music. There's just, right. 
It's yeah. People got rich off of making up this myth that everything was so shitty. Now, was it great? No, but I don't know a band where it's perfect all the time. It is. Maybe if you were in McCartney's band where he was just like, hey, here's a retainer to make you happy for the rest of the year. And you go, mm, okay. But I'm sure there were times when those guys are like, hey, Paul's missing some, you know, it hey, just happens. Wings was Wings was a revolving door. Revolving so, yeah. door. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just how it is, everybody. But don't forget the fact that people have made gajillions of dollars making just myth mythalize you know making myth of what was going on but the new thing is that that's not really the fact and listen to the music some of their most fun music is on this album and yeah. this is maybe it, like this one goes right into Obladio Bladon I go there's no way John hated that song First of all, he sings it again in Get Back. There's a whole part where John's singing Obladio Bladon. It's like, this is all bullshit. It's, they've been lying. They've been just going, hey, buy this. Hey, here's something new. And it's not that it's new. It's made up. It's right. like, anyway. So let's just talk about the beautiful stuff that happens. You know, so they on 9-11, they do those 34 takes. On the 12th, Jay, like you were talking about, they do uh, John's vocals. Ringo comes in again, and uh, what is Ringo? Oh, tambourine. That killer little tambourine part that's on there. Yeah. The ne the next day, Paul plays the piano part, which is, I'm going to play that part. I'd never really yeah, listen cool, for that right? part in there, but it's so great on that bridge. That's my new part to play on that. Nice. Uh, and Ringo adds some second drums. Yeah, yeah. To sp spice up some spots. Uh, where where does that happen all throughout? I think it's through throughout. Um, I've got a funny story in the deep dive of, about yeah. uh, <laughs> them punching it in, which is which is as a as an engineer nerd, I I laughed hysterically, but it's a great story. Um, yeah. So and he 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 started doing that in Pepper because you know the drums typically are recorded very early, if not the earliest thing. And, you know, on four track, you have to bounce things together to open up more space on your track. And so, you know, the snare drum is a fairly important piece of the drum kit in rock and roll. And it's the sort of easy to get for it to get lost. So he would overdub he would overdub right. snare and and drum stuff a lot more than than I realized. And this is one of them. And, you know, the so effective at the beginning, it's gotta you know, be there, that's, right there. that's double track. Yeah. <laughs> And definitely on that, oh, yeah, <laughs> Ringo again. Yeah. Uh, all right, maybe my favorite overdub. On the 16th, they come back. Again, they're working hard on this song. You're talking about a full day, 34 takes of a song, and then they just keep coming back and, and sweetening it. Paul and, as it, Chris Thomas also maybe add re the recorder part. I just want to see. Yeah. Do, 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 do. <laughs> And this this is where I found some some conflicting stuff. Mm -hmm. um, somebody says it's it's Paul on both of them. Somebody says it's Paul and Chris. They're on. Yeah, it, it's it's. I don't know. I don't know if it's if both. It's definitely double tracked because it's out of tune yeah. a little bit. It's slightly out of tune. <laughs> hmm. Never heard a recorder played out of tune before. Hmm. That's also my favorite part. That something that we talk about all the time. It's the exact part he plays for Fool on the Hill. Do, 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 do. 
It's not even that inside of a joke we're doing right now. <laughs> so they add this recorder part. Uh, on the 20th, they come back and add the sound effects, which is kind of like Revolution 9-esque. You can also hear that uh, in the the Take 33 demo. They tack it on. It's like, go! I mean, it sounds I've like I've never heard that before this morning. I was like, oh, okay. I'd read about it's it. It's kind of cool in there. It Imagine that cool. going into Oblad, D, Oblad, Da. That would have been cool. That ends up getting the, scratched. Yeah, Paul has the that... flutes at the beginning of, of during the Strawberry Fields line. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. It's so cool. Again, they edited it, took, took some of the sweet stuff out of there. But on 1010, they come back and add the string part, which makes it very walrusy. And somewhere little Jeff Lynn is like, that's going to be my sound forever. <laughs> Wait, uh-oh. Uh, Jay, hold on one second. It's it's our sponsor section of our show. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's time to do a sponsor read. So chime in, won't you? Mm-hmm. Because Looking Through the Glass Onion is sponsored by A Hill of Beans Coffee Roasters, as we're both drinking our coffee right now, from yeah. right here in sunny Omaha, Nebraska. <laughs> uh, it's not that sunny right now. No, no. They have created th- three custom flavors, Jay, just for us. We have Strawberry Fields. Love that one. That one's very popular. Uh, Tangerine Trees and Marmalade Skies. These are both flavored coffees. So one's a little berry and one's a little citrusy. Uh, and their most popular holiday flavor, which I am rocking right now, the Magical Mystery Tour. Oh, That's what I got going to. It's very naughty. It's very fantastic. All three <laughs> flavors are, and coffees are available on my website, billymcguigan.com. That's B-I-L-L-Y-M-C. I'm reading my own name. M-C-G-U-I-G-A-N.com. We want to thank Ahilla Beans for their support. Uh, Kate says something like that. You can riff. Most important is their name. <laughs> yes. They're called Ahilla Beans Coffee Roasters. Jay, did you know that? Such oh, a great oh. name. You know what part of the show they sponsor? Mal Evans has made his way back from the time machine. Oh, here he comes, Jay. He's coming down my stairs right now. My favorite character in Get Back, by the way. Mal is ah, oh, Mal oh my God. is he the looks best. Great. Hitting the <laughs> oh anvil. Oh my God, playing the anvil. You gotta have a Mal. You gotta have it. We have a Mal. We have a couple of Mal's, but Joe is our Mal, and you gotta have a Mal. Oh, but he's come in. Oh, Jay, he's pointing around the room. Welcome to Abbey Road 2, circa 1968. I almost fell out of my chair there. <clears throat> Let's look around the room, shall we? Oh, there's John. He's on a bit of heroin, and that's okay. We're all right. We're not judging you, John. Oh, hello, Yoko. Not ruining the Beatles like everybody thought. Welcome back to the party. We're actually glad to have you. You're a genuinely cool person, but who's counting? Oh, all right. So, Mal has pointed out that John is playing Jay. Oh, you know which one it is, that Gibson J-160 that he played all through the early Beatles. But what's that? No, he's had it stripped down. You're going to see him play it for Give Peace a Chance and all that shit he's going to play in the future. And he's just sitting there playing that one. That's option one, Jay. Oh, hello, Mr. McCartney. Oh, you're in one of your best phases trying to keep the Beatles together. We got to give you that. You are a creative genius, my friend. Way better than we ever thought. What's that? Oh. That's a weird one. No, you're not typically known to play that one, Jay. That is a 1966 Fender jazz bass. Am I correct? And oh, yes. what color is that? Is that is that is that white? Is that the color on that? Is it creamy? What's the color on? Do you know? Oh, it's a sunburst. Sun. Oh, oh, that's what it was. I couldn't see it through the smoke in the room. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. Oh, Abbey Road Two is a little fuzzy here at three in the morning. <clears throat> 
Now, I'm not sure about this because I didn't trust what I was reading. So you're going to have to. I, is George playing Rocky on this song? Yeah, is that what I I'm believe seeing? so. Oh, holy <laughs> shit. <sighs> Jay, is that, what year Fender Stratocaster is Rocky? It's a 61. Oh my god, a 1961 Fender Stratocaster that was at what time, what color? Uh, it was Sonic Blue originally. Mm, oh, oh, are those one of the duo that John and George both got right before Rubber <laughs> Soul played all throughout Rubber Soul, all throughout Revolver? Mm, ended up keeping it on Magical Mystery Tour, but painting it this groovy-ass Rocky. He did it himself, and there it is sitting there. But wait a minute, Mal has pointed. All this making me so happy. I know. Oh, but Ringo has, we're welcoming, there's flowers all over, because why is that? Oh, shit, I forgot that Ringo quit the band. It was a little tense, I'm not going to lie. They all quit at one point or another. But there's Ringo, he's welcome back with flowers. And what is that, Jay? What is he playing? Oh, yeah, because you saw him play it on the All You Need Is Love video. That's right, that's that 1964 Ludwig Classic Black Oyster Pearl kit. Mm! There it is, sitting... Wait, wait, what? We'll have to go into it in the deep dive, but I'm pretty sure that the Hollywood kit that we end up seeing through the rest of his career, the kit drum might also be sitting in that room as well, waiting to be overdubbed. I'm just saying, all this shit's in the room. Oh, Paul, Paul's recorder is also there. Don't forget about that. It's a, it's a little bent, so it's not going to always stay in tune. Uh, and he also happened to play the Hamburg Steinway Baby Grand. That's the piano that he played that's sitting there in Abbey Road, too. So, Jay... Billy is asking you the question through Mal Evans in his time machine. What piece of gear are you taking from this session? You know, I'm I'm taking Ringo's drums. Mmm. That freaking kid has seen some things. Yeah. You went with the drums. Because it, it has the, the black like, pearl, not the not the Hollywood kit. Although the Hollywood yeah, yeah, kit the is black super pearl. cool. It, it, I mean and that's it probably iconic. It probably still has that magical mystery tour head on it, too. Totally. The one that were like the, yeah. So it that's a great choice, man. Um from what I understand, Ringo still has that kit. So I hope so. Yeah. Yeah, that's one is in his personal collection. We could probably still get our hands on it, is what I'm saying. <laughs> Ringo, give us a call. We'll put some money together and give it to peace and love. Thank you, Ringo. Oh, Mal is pointing to Billy now. Billy, you get to pick anything in this room. I'm thinking about John Lennon's heroin because who wouldn't we pay? Who would people pay for that on the black market? I'm just kidding. I'm definitely taking that J160. You know, Jay, how I feel about that guitar. I actually had one in my hands. What brass wind, woodwind, you SOBs? They had it mislabeled on sale for like a thousand dollars, and I was like, I'll take it. And the guy's like, mm, forty eight hundred. I was like, no. Had had it had the credit card out and had to put it back. So I'd be taking it from John and being like. Peace and love, dude. And then we'd be back in our time machine. That section of our show brought to you by Hillevine's Coffee Roasters right here in Omaha. I love that part. Thank you, Mal. Totally. Thank you, my friend. Yep. We'll Hey, don't drink. Don't drink and... No, you don't want to do PCP. Okay, anyway. Uh, <laughs> you should find out what happened to Mal. It's tragic. Uh, this song did not chart. Rolling Stones, list of 100 greatest Beatles songs. Any guesses? Um, low, if if it made it at all. Not on there. Not, Not on, on there. there. Okay. Uh, Vulture, which I kind of like their lists, uh, they ranked all of the Beatles songs. They put it at number 124. Gotcha. New, uh, new Music NM, Express. I just found this. 
which there you go. Very, you're going there. Okay, cool. Number ninety four. Ninety four on their yeah. on their list. Yeah, I thought that I I like what they're where they're going. Totally. My big question. We've we've kind of talked about it. I like our our revolution in the head book. A lot of stories you hear about any song on the White Album is how awful it was and how this is a scathing rebuttal of John against his fans who read way too much into everything. <laughs> and I gotta say, I mean, I'm. What do I know? I think that's total crap, man. I don't see that, hear that, feel that. It feels like, hey, I love that our fans are digging this deep into it. And as they're reading these magazines going, are you serious? There's parts in Get Back where you see them saying, yeah, they said we went to this club and got into a fist fight and we didn't. And they're like going, okay, let's put this part in a song. And it's so self-referential in like the best way possible. Like only only the way that like going from LSD to heroin, I'm sure, can get you. It's just what what, what is your take? Do you feel like it's a negative song or oh, God, are you it's hearing that, it like I do? I mean, it's, it's fun. them poking fun, which is like I mean, that's been John Lennon's mode of operation since I mean, it's how he survived. Yeah. You know? So it's his no, brilliance. I don't see it. I don't see it as a as you know vindictive. It, it's them having fun and like totally like oh this is your theory here. Let's the walrus was Paul or is Paul? Yeah, it's like sure. Yeah, it's yeah. like come sit on John's lap. And let me tell you a story. <laughs> yeah, everything about John wasn't so freaking scathing. He just watch get back. I mean I don't know what to tell you. Like everything you've heard your whole life. And you, you know what? And as I as I look back, Jay, before we get into the deep dive, which there's a lot of deep dive on this one, there's that part in Imagine. Have you seen that movie? Oh, You've yeah. seen Imagine, right? Where the guy lives in his, you know, the guy lives in his his uh, the PTSD kid or the drugged out kid uh, lives in his garden, and instead of going, which you know, if somebody's living in my garden, I'm like, leave. Right. I'm sending. <laughs> totally. I'm calling Mal, and I'm like, hey, get this dude out of here. John doesn't do that, man. Like, would a, would this scathing, like, hypocritical person that everybody says he is, that we don't re- see at all in Get Back, by the way, you don't see that at all. Uh, and imagine, you. the only scathing part is when they're killing Paul, but shit, we've all been there too in bands. You know, yeah. somebody leaves, you're like, oh, watch this. That you, you know what I'm saying? Right. I don't know. I just I don't I don't see it. I think it's fun. I think I I just think I think they're cool dudes who just see it and they're like, oh, let's let's screw with these people. Totally, totally. Which they were clearly doing anyway. Anyway, so <laughs> let's go to the deep dive, Jay. I don't even know where to start on this one. I, let's just go to the songs referenced in the song. Yeah. Because some are very obvious, and I had to listen to and look up lyrics to follow a couple. So stick with me here, and you can yell out uh, Lady Madonna. That's obvious, because he says, Lady Madonna trying to make his meet you. I told you about the fool on the hill. Love that one. I told you about Strawberry Fields. Plus, the song feels like Strawberry Fields. Uh, Fixing a hole. Fixing a hole in the... Uh, Lucy in the Sky. There's a reference to... uh, to the see how they run, uh, see how they fly like Lucy in the sky, right? Well, he says it in there. I had the lyrics. Hang on, Jay. No, I'm missing my own lyrics here. All right, well, Lady Madonna trying to make it. I told you about the fool on the hill. Well, here's another place you can be. Listen to me. Fix it. Where's the Lucy in the sky, Jay? <laughs> my idiots. 
Is there no Lucy in the sky? Uh, was that in Walrus? Oh, it's, it's that's what it is. There's a reference to Walrus, which is a reference to Lucy in the sky. Oh my goodness, this is this is how deep the dive is. As I can't figure it out. Uh, obviously, <laughs> Walrus. There's a place. I saw okay. that. Yeah. There's another place you can go. I like that. That there's a place is off of Please Please Me, a very early Beatles, very early John song. Um, within you, without you. Yeah, I didn't. Wh- Did you see that lyric? too? I saw that, but it's got to be the flow. Flow. Uh, there's a line about flow and within you, without you. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, life flows on within you, without you, and he says there's another place you can flow. So gotcha. those are all the references he has in there. I like it. What do you have? Uh, Deep so dive, my friend. in the handwritten lyric, "Yellow Submarine" is referenced. I swear to you, that's my next one. And, that's so great. Yeah, looking through out. a hole in. In the yellow submarine. Damn it! <laughs> that would have been so great. Oh, in the in the in the demo, in the demo, he references uh, the Gene Vincent fan club. He says you can hear it in the Escher demo. He's like, he mentions Gene Vincent fan club, and he also says help, help in there, which would have been cool to also reference. <laughs> Jay, what else you got? <laughs> Sorry, as I uh, hit my microphone. Let's see. Um, one of fa- one of George Harrison's favorite songs on on the White Album. I did not. Oh, really? The one where they're all supposed to hate each other, and it's supposed to be about so self-deprecating. <laughs> yeah, I love that, Jay. Uh, okay. Walrus was Paul. Yes. Uh, Paul says that that was it. Was in fact he was in the Paul in the uh, in the Walrus costume, and it wasn't. It wasn't, it was like telling people like, hey, the walrus was Paul. It was like a gift to the fans. It wasn't this negative thing. This is what Paul McCartney says. Just proving the point again, guys. People sell the hatred. Jay? Um, Glass Onion was a name um, suggested for Badfinger, who were currently the Ivies. And John wanted to, John suggested that. Also an idea was the Pricks, (laughs) P-R-I-X. Which is pretty funny. I, I like that better. I saw Badfinger. Uh, I saw Badfinger open for Beatlemania in Kansas City, which was like the initial seed of the idea of yesterday and today. Oh, nice. Was, there was like one dude from Badfinger, the it's bass player, who didn't. Yeah. That, he was all that was alive. If you don't know yeah. the Badfinger story, Oof, the prick story, the, pricks. Uh, the glass onion story, uh, the Kazi, okay, which is the story. cast iron. Oh, yes. Oh, the go Kazi. No, go ahead. Go ahead with your funny story. We'll come back to oh, the Kazi. Uh, so, so punching in the oh yeah the recorder. Um, you know, it's not Pro Tools back then. It's tape, and you know, in Pro Tools, if you screw up a punch, which and and a punch means like you've got a track. There's something recorded on it. You're punching in real quick into record to record real quick, and then you punch out so that you don't erase what's down the tape. Easy to do, still not like super easy, but easier to do now than then, which would be like because <laughs> there's the no undo button in '68. There's an <clears throat> undo button today. Um, so, so for some reason, the punch is supposed to be at a minute twenty-seven. For some reason, Ken Scott says I started at one twenty, minute twenty, and so the double snare that Ringo has put down is gone. Because he just randomly starts at seven seconds early 
And then people talk to him later about, man, that's so cool how you brought the snare drum down during that section. <laughs> it's like, really? He's like, um, yes, so anyway. yes, indeed it is. That's just for, that's that's so just for me. Uh, the Kazi or, or the <laughs> engineer nerdery somewhere George Martin is looking down happily upon you, my friend. Uh, the Cast Iron Shore, also known as the Kazi in Liverpool, is kind of a... Uh, it's kind of like a, not a sewage treatment plant, but it's kind of like a place where all the shit, shall we, this is what I understand, not from Liverpool, gone there once on tour, and they didn't take me by the shit area. But evidently, that's what makes, and he wanted to put it in a song for so long, and it ended up in this song. That's another one. That's great. Jay? Cast Iron Shore. Love that. That's so cool. What was the Standard other one? Standard on a cast iron Bent back tulips. What a great. What a great so, what the phrase. imagery, yeah, yeah. Mm. Supposedly about a a fancy restaurant in town, right? That uh, like they had tulips where the you know. And, oh, yeah. is that? I thought it was a sexual reference. Oh, oh. <laughs> that's what I always thought. But I, you're, I, I you're think going was, to cooler but websites just, than me. <laughs> no, that's just eleven year old me. <laughs> uh, were there two drum kits used on this, Jay? Uh, because there's, uh, there were two set up, so he had both of them set up. He had a double drum kit going. Whether it was used, who knows? That's what we heard. He wanted to be like Keith Moon and uh, and Ginger Baker and use a double kick on this one. So yeah. there's rumor that that happened. We weren't there. We don't know. Mal left, so we can't ask him. Mal would be such a reference. Uh, there is a video. I actually just posted it on my Facebook page because I dug it so much. Uh, for that 2018 mix, they did a video for this song. Which which is like the assembly of the the poster that came with the white album. You gotta check it out. All set to timing to this song. It's very, nice. very cool. Uh it's featured in love. So they must have liked yeah. this song because it appears in love and it's very effective in love that oh, strong oh, yeah. feels so cool. Oh. I love that part. Okay, this is probably my favorite uh thing that I found. If you're listening to the White Album, this is the first time you hear Ringo on drums. The first song is back in the USSR. That's Paul on drums. Oh, sure. They recorded that when Ringo quit. Dear Prudence is the next song. Paul also played drums. Kick-ass drums on that one, by the way, because he's playing like Ringo. If you listen to it, super cool. We'll talk about that sometime. And then this is the first time you hear Ringo, which his introduction on the White Album, Jay, is... I'm just telling Dislin Friends, that's kind of badass. Yeah. Oh, oh, and the last bit of Deep Dive, it's the song that was inspired that we we chose that as the name of our podcast here. Looking through the glass yeah. onion. We thought it would be effective and a cool name. So anyway. <laughs> uh that was our deep dive brought to you by, well, Billy and Jay talking in the third person. <laughs> Playing it live, Jay. Talk to me. Uh I have a crappy Speak chart for it. It's, I mean, it's, I don't think the chart's wrong. And I was, I was reminded of that, or I don't think the chart's correct. So I was reminded of that today when I was doing this. I'm like, I need to, I need to sit down and listen to that because it's, it's all over the place, which is not typically how George played. But the sound, his guitar is, uh, God, I mean, he, it, that fuzzy thing that he does. He does it real well, so it's cool. 
I love and I love the song. I, you know, guitar guitar wise, it's 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 just chords, but it's cool. Little Bond yeah, part. I like very, the little Bond part in the bridge. The bond, which which you, we get again, kind of in Hey Bulldog. It's kind of that little yeah. part, which they would have recorded right around that time. You know, so it's one one of my favorite parts in Get Back because I think anybody that's ever written a song or done anything musical, you think you're doing the same thing every time. There's a part where John is playing. Everybody had a hard year. And he's like, Jesus, every song I write's got this bit in it, that little A bit. And it is like, <laughs> he does. It's like, in my life is that part. This part. So I love that. I just feel like I, I, my relationship with this, these four dudes is completely different after spending eight hours with them, you know? Well, I sure. You know I, mean, I mean, we've never seen them in the studio like this. And that's yeah. what's so cool because that's it's where so they great. did their greatest works and it it reveals a lot of how they worked how their genius worked and and uh man uh playing it live i typically play the very aggressive acoustic part um but i'm gonna i'm gonna play the piano on this one that cool. piano part's way acoustic. too yeah i'll put nice. ryan on acoustic on nice. this one because it just that part's way too cool to not be there so yeah. we'll add it in we'll add it in the show this weekend we have live strings we'll put them on there the yeah, strings cool. on this song are so cool, man. Uh, yeah. yeah. And I didn't even realize them. at the very end uh, how they fall apart at the end, kind of. <laughs> Listen for that when you're listening out there, my friends, because that part is... We always talk about the little cool things they do, and in this song, the little cool things... It, 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 for me, it's not dropping the snare out. It's how cool that tambourine comes in, and then the recorder... Playing yeah. the out of tune, full on the hill part, and then these strings that are doing wall wrists and all you need is love, and and then they come in the end. I have a totally different relationship with this song now. I've always After, said they're uh, the greatest outro band ever. Yeah, and I, I agree. I and I listen to them in a different way now. It's like and the best freaking bridges. It's like how how yeah. Where do they come? Middle yeah. eight, Billy. Sorry, sorry, John. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, before we get to uh, rating, I also want to thank our sponsor, Hill of Beans, uh, and you can find Yay. all of their information. Yes, thank you, Hill of Beans, as it kept us going through this podcast. It's so good. Uh, on my website, billymcguigan.com. Uh, you can see all of our stuff. There's footage of us playing out there live uh, with our show yesterday and today. We only have three shows left this year, Jay. I know. And then we we venture on into whatever 2022 will be. <laughs> So uh, our last podcast of the year. It was good to be back with you. We started uh, kind of in the <laughs> in the middle of the pandemic, and then it kind of went away in the summer. It was weird, and now it's back. But yeah, you know, we're all punched up, so we're good to go. <laughs> I got too many shots in my arms. All right, let's rate this song. Uh, Billy always defers to Jay in this one, so Billy deferring to Jay. Jay, you know, I. I always, I always rate on the on the high side. But personally, for me, this is a ten because of the memory I have of playing with it as an eighth grader, trying to get that bass sound, wondering what is going on with the strings, and uh, it's just so cool how they, you know, all the ref self referential stuff. I've always yeah. loved it. Um, so yeah, it's a 10 for me, which is, you know, it wouldn't be for most people, but it's a 10 for me. 
I mean, Rolling Stone didn't even put it on their their list, but I'm going to tell you that this is the Beatles have some songs that age really well. I think we're seeing that. Like Let It Be is probably my new favorite Beatles album because you're hearing it like you're supposed to. And it's like, "Oh shit, I was listening to it the wrong way." <laughs> this song feels the same way to me, Jay. Like this is this is uh, Strawberry Fields wherever I put that. This is B to that to me because I feel like they're the same song. I really love it. It's the more John version of Strawberry Fields and he always mm-hmm. talked about how uh, he didn't like the way Strawberry Fields ended up, and I think this is what he was going for. Strawberry Fields, Glass Onion. Oh, interesting. I love, I love the, like, I, I, I just love it, man. I, I dig this song, and I'm also a 10 out of 10 faux show on this one. Come on. Yeah, I don't good. know. What, what do you guys think out there? You can find me on Twitter at Billy McGuigan. I've spelled it so many times on, in this episode. So let us know what you think. We're always open. Discuss. And again... If you know a Larry Williams from Liverpool in the 60s, hit me up. (laughs) Hi, Larry. (laughs) That's so funny. (laughs) So, from Billy McGuigan and Jay Hansen, hey, we did Glass Onion, and the name of our show is Looking Through the Glass Onion. 